It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Hello, welcome to Time Enough Podcast, where we have showdowns with every episode of The Twilight Zone and beyond. Today's showdown is with Rance McGrew, who is not a guest on this. Today's guest coming back again is Andrew. Hi, Andrew. What's up? I'm Matt, if you don't know my name. I mean, maybe this is the first one you listen to, although showdown with Rance McGrew would be kind of a bizarre one to start with i guess but hey if you are that's great good for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think this is the first one that i've just kind of like dragged you on to as opposed to usually you give me requests and uh-huh. uh and then i honor those requests for the most part um so i'm wondering if you have like a different vibe coming in through this one i mean i'll, I'll say this i don't usually watch it a lot um but I have seen it. I also don't, I, I like, we'll talk about it because this within, in the context of season three, I think I've got more to say about it than I might just cold in, in a, just a regular conversation about twilight zone episodes. That works. I and mean, yeah, that's part of the, you know, going through these and well, I guess we're going air date. Well, we are going air date order. That's for my trivia. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can kind of, for the most part chart, like, um, uh, in one of our live chats, we were just talking about uh, nothing in the dark, and, and it was like, oh, it's weird. The uh, credits come at the end of the episode instead of the beginning. It's like, oh, this was a holdover from season two. That's why. So, mm-hmm. yeah, which I did mention the trivia, forgot about for our live chat, and now have remembered again. So <laughs> that's how, that's how memory you're, works. You're doing the best you can, and you do a great job. Yeah, yeah. You can only keep so much like random trivia in the mind, like the trivia I'm about to read to everyone. I'm sure I'll like forget most of this by tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I'll remember it again in like a few weeks when this episode airs and I listen to it. So then I'll forget again? about the day after. Um, <laughs> come guys. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's my name. Wonderful. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I hope no one has ever said that to you. <laughs> no, people have said that to me. I, I've had come jizz as well. I've gotten that. Yes, yes. Communist. I've got that was kind of fun. That's what my kind of redneck. Um, freshman dorm mate called me but i was like okay sure i mean i'm in a university makes sense we're all commies at a university right and uh sorry i never say my i I rarely say my actual family name on this podcast but uh if you're wondering that's commages so you can make lots of weird things as the things we just did with it i think shearer is still weirder really why because the sheep well it's just like an adjective you know like or i don't know you know what i mean an occupation yeah i think it's a noun that makes yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense. That's where a lot of family names came from, right? The occupations. Actually, uh, Kamages does, if you, you know, trans, it goes back to German to be Koenigsee, at which point it's King's Lake because an ancestor was like the game warden. So, okay. That's, how, that's the, you know, that's how a lot of these names work out, right? So yours didn't sure. go through the weird, you know, language blender that mine did. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, they were just, you know, like I guess I'm just glad I wasn't like bedwetter. Cheer I can deal with. <laughs> <laughs> James Bedwetter. That would be that'd be great great for his, you know, for Bond introductions. Names Bedwetter. It's it's at least James one of Bedwetter. the names where you'd say it and then you'd meet them and then a minute later you go like what <laughs> <laughs> at first it sounds like a, a last name you're like yeah james bedware to the third yeah they keep, ex- they keep excusing themselves every three minutes <laughs> and come back with a new pair of pants <laughs> yes yeah, so always have another pair of pants ready that's right go figure for the emergency pants rents McGrew, yes original air date was february okay. 2nd 1962 Christian Nyby directed. He made the television rounds of the period. Gunsmoke, but also Helm, 1951's The Thing from Another World. As an editor, he has credits on classic films such as The Big Sleep and Red River. Larry Blyden played Rance McGrew. While he was mostly a Broadway man, he has already showed up in the Twilight Zone episode, A Nice Place to Visit. He later hosted a revival of the game show What's My Line?, and was slated for more before his untime- untimely death in a Moroccan car accident in 1975. And since that was a bummer, I'll add that as an up-and-coming actor, his neighbor was ripped torn. I thought that was a fun fact. Wow. Jesse James is played by Arch Johnson, who we've also seen in the Twilight Zone episode, The Four of Us Are Dying. He made a multitude of TV guest spots and was a regular on TV shows the Asphalt Jungle, It's Always Jan, and can, bleh, Camp Runamuck, spelled R-U-N-A-M-U-K, you know, so so you don't catch it unless you say it, I guess. I don't know. 60s humor. The director is played by Robert Cornway. He also showed up in Nyby's Thing from Another World and appeared in genre films such as War of the Worlds. That is the completion of the trivia. Oh, no, I'm picking up that habit from Mark. (laughs) Trivia (laughs) over. (laughs) It's not unhelpful. It's not unhelpful, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Okay, Uh, you can roll this if your teeth are dry enough. Yeah, they're close enough. Some 100-odd years ago, a motley collection of tough mustaches galloped across the West and left behind a raft of legends and ledger mains. And it seems a reasonable conjecture that if there are any television sets up in cowboy heaven, and any one of these rough and willing nail eaters could see what the careless abandoned their names and exploits are being bandied about, they're very likely turning over in their graves, or worse, getting out. Which gives you a clue as to the proceedings that'll begin just a moment, when one Mr. Ranch McGrew, a 3000 buck a week phony baloney discovers that this week's current edition of Make Believe is being shot on location. And that location is the Twilight So what is a ledger domain? Ledger domain? Ledger domain? Am I saying that right? Ledger domain? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. You're going to have to... Uh, it's one of, them old, that one. one of them old-timey words, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not really look stuff up when i'm on the show with you so rod's a writer he he knows more words than right to writer so you should maybe absolutely you, know a few words. you probably know a few words i don't write much so i don't know so many words well you, the you thing know is words that, not 
<laughs> I I am uh you know when when writing for um you know just a a daily news publication you got to try to keep the 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 reading level to to like you know this this might be read by somebody in sixth grade or it might be read by someone who's like seventy two and lives in a zoo and eats his breakfast out of a shoe. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, you know, uh, after teaching in Japan for a while, because when I taught my first couple of years teaching were in America, where I think I was teaching with like using insanely large words all the time. But uh, yeah, my my working vocabulary has been quite streamlined living in Japan for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Because, <laughs> you know, if you talk, want to talk about the, you know, conflux of possibilities or something, you're going to get a lot of flank stares. Ledgermaine who? Ledgermaine Jackson? Yeah, yeah. Ledgermaine Jackson's going to give you a weird stare. Um, right. <laughs> but I was, I was the one that broke all the mag stands. My first thought on this episode is it's kind of like a more cynical a game of pool. Because in a game of pool, okay. Jack Klugman's like calling out Jonathan Winters. Like, come face me from beyond the grave. And he doesn't want to do it that much. Where in this one... Rance McGrew, he's not a skilled cowboy. He doesn't want any of this, and he gets—he still gets challenged from the beyond anyway by by the legend, right? Yeah, that's true. Well, I this one, I thought about this is this one's actually changed my thoughts on um, the earlier we just talked about it early in the season, the one with the kid where nobody can say boo to the kid. Uh, uh, it's a good life. It's a good life. So when we watched It's a Good Life, and for those of you who didn't catch the episode or didn't see it, it's the one where the kid in it has these weird powers to where none of the adults want to like upset him or disappoint him because they'll send you to the cornfield, was it? To where um, you're basically, that means he'll kill you. And so in this episode, we've got a, a, a really, just a really jerk face uh, TV actor and everybody kisses butt and wants to, and you know, does whatever he says. And so I was like, you know what, man, when I was watching It's a Good Life, I thought, well, maybe he just knew a brat kid. But now I think It's a Good Life might have been based on an adult. <laughs> <laughs> like some actor. Maybe a TV star. <laughs> yeah. Or somebody like that. You know what I mean, though? Because here again, we've got someone who um, everyone surrounding them has to be like a yes man. Uh, you know, in the kids' cases, because the the sentence is death, but in this case, it's just because. Uh, and I know that uh, Serling had to have seen this happen, where you got somebody that's so important uh, it, to a, a TV show or film or something like that, to where no one crosses them, and every idea is catered to. And in uh, this show, Rance McGrew is like uh, he well, he shows up late, and the whole crew's waiting on him. And they keep panning to somebody up in the scaffolds reading a newspaper, just like, <laughs> like you know, used to this guy's behavior. He breaks two mirrors, maybe three, because he's mishandling his weapon, his prop weapon. <laughs> um, he's changing years, bad luck. Yeah, he's changing things. He's changing history, and he's yeah, he's such a such an a hole that uh, the real Jesse James shows up. <laughs> Well, if I were to be a Twilight Zone conspiracy theorist, I, I would look at my list of recent episodes and my eye would go to 
the grave featuring lee marvin and mm. lovely marvin on screen but the guy had a reputation i'm wondering if that might have been <laughs> i don't you know. know what stoked the fire <laughs> yeah but but it it would uh i think the concept for this one though um oh gosh i think it came from serling thinking imagining john wayne having to fight in a real war or be a real cowboy um but yeah, but no, it's a good life, definitely. Maybe Lee Marvin. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, I don't think Rance McGrew is like really I mean, he wants this, he wants that, he doesn't want you to talk back, but I don't think he's gonna be there and be like, I'm actually a great, you know, six six shooter guy, right? Like I can't draw. And, and you know, yeah. he can't draw. He breaks mirrors, right? And he can't catch rock gut, breaks more mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, like he's arrogant but he's not arrogant about having cowboy skills so it, it's kind of bizarre that you know all the old outlaws have sent jesse james as their proxy to uh you know show them the real ways but yeah for me yeah like uh i was just thinking it's like an extra aggro a game of pool like i almost wondered if you could like switch out arch johnson with jonathan winters again you know and that might work out okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah true hey didn't didn't after um twilight zone was canceled didn't serling do like a western for a little while i think there was a few short-lived shows in there and yes one of them was a western but uh the name of it is, is escaping me at the moment though i've seen it before okay yeah i was trying to remember that no this um this story made me think of well, there's a couple reasons why it's not like necessarily a favorite of mine, but uh, revisiting it, I thought of the the times when we've seen movies and shows where someone who is an actor is faced with like the real thing from like, I thought of Peter Vincent in the Fright Night movie that I loved when I was a kid through like Galaxy Quest, you know, where you've got Jason Nesbitt having to deal with actual aliens. <laughs> So uh, it uh, maybe it's got more going for it than I than I realize. I, I, you know, I just like I do like that. Who is it? The uh, Jesse James. Yeah, that's our outlaw that I mean, actually shows okay, up. But yeah, he's, Jesse, he says Jesse, he's representing a whole bunch of outlaws, right? So Billy yeah, is back there in in hell somewhere, looking up, screaming. Yeah, let's not forget that Jesse James was one of these like ex Confederates that was still like this basically became a grown up. Jesse James, it's a good good thing nobody black was on the set. Um, and then uh, what was it? Um, the it what trips me up watching it is that they have this TV set, like an actual set of a TV show that's supposed to look like an old west saloon, but when it's it did this not confuse you though because when jesse jane when it's like there's a there's a moment where he looks up and he's suddenly supposed to be in the real old west but it didn't look like the set changed like it did that trip you up or no i would have been surprised if the set had changed i mean it's just, it's the saloon so uh i you know you don't see the sound stage in the background at that point right Oh, and the guys at the tables of, you know, they do a little bit to let you know that we're not on the set, but I don't think that's, I don't think the, I mean, they're out on the ranch filming this, right? So why, you know, just, I mean, I guess you use what you got. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just don't think there was enough difference between the, 
the two environments, you know. Well, I was going to say one of the it. reasons maybe you were thinking of this episode is slightly lesser, speaking of difference. I feel like a world of difference did the reverse of this, kind of, if you see it that way. And yeah. it did it, and it did it in a trippier Twilight Zone way than this one. I mean, this is a pretty no, much like on the nose, like, okay, back in time, Jesse James is pumping his chest at him, and now we're back, and he's got a new manager. So <laughs> that was goofy, too. No, no. What you're talking about, that episode is, I consider a classic. This one, no. But that might be part of the thing because it's re like, I mean, not obviously, but kind of reusing that concept in reverse, but losing mm -hmm. all of that ambiguity because that episode, I mean, I remember when we when we did uh, not you and I, but when I did the episode for this podcast, we were like, oh, whoa, you saw it that way. I saw it this way. Like we like saw that episode in completely different ways where I don't ah. think you could do that with this one. You know, no, this one's too. It's too on the nose. I don't think the illusion uh, is or I don't think the gag really lands and I also but I do what do you think of Lance McGrew though does he he he, he remind me of a little bit more of a maybe a uh a, a I don't know a a hammy or like a Bruce Campbell type guy but you know because in Army of Darkness he's also faced with this kind of ruse of who he is um, my my first note here is, damn, did I just put on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? So maybe that's uh, what I was thinking. Okay. <laughs> Which is it? it DiCaprio is the, the actor and Pitt is, Pitt is the stuntman. Is that is yeah, that that's, right? That's okay. the way so, that so he'd be the DiCaprio from that movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Yeah, because he's... Uh, well, his career had taken a dive, right? Wasn't he an alcoholic or something? I can't remember. I, oh, oh, in that movie? Yeah. I I'd honestly I should watch it again, but it's probably been two years since I watched it. And yeah, so yeah, no, I'm not. Um, I mean, but... I definitely thought about this also. Like, if it was a little more comedic, like if the outtakes were actually meant to happen, like him, you know, well, even when it's not an outtake, he starts trying to drink from the broken bottle, and I'm like, eighty eh, percent chance you're gonna cut your mouth on that dude. And then I was like thinking right? of like jim carrey and like a comedy western or something you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, right. you know, every time he tries to twirl his gun he breaks a mirror i mean that seems like jim carrey stuff right yeah. no or you know he uh you know he he's he's he breaks the bottle but plays it off and drinks from it and then he spits and like his tongue lands in the ground i don't know <laughs> Oh, that's that's now darker. you're getting back to now you're getting back to Bruce Campbell stuff, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I do like Rance McGrew. I think is funny, uh, but I don't think I guess because this is a comedic episode that they couldn't go too dark with Jesse James. Jesse James was a for real criminal. Like, I think with when it comes to those a lot of those guys from the old west who are constantly being pursued by the law, we kind of want to make heroes out of them or anti-heroes out of them. But Jesse James, I mean, he was a, I mean, he 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 died. He was shot by a member of his own gang to get the reward money. Like, right, right. <laughs> shot in the back, yeah, or whatever it was, yeah. So the conceit <laughs> here is that. Um, Rance McGrew would never get over on Jesse James and would never get over on all of these, you know, like, you know, looming legendary figures of the old West. And that's why Jesse James shows up on the set of this TV show. 
Oh, um, sorry. I'm I'm going back just a few clicks here to the rot gut because I pulled up a recipe of for rot gut from truewestmagazine.com. I rot think gut I whiskey. Yeah, I think I brought it up on a previous episode, but I was like trying to remember what's in it. So now I can like read it properly. Okay. Uh, one of the favorite whiskey recipes is Old Snakehead. Ingredients were one gallon alcohol. I guess it doesn't matter what it is, you know, Everclear. Uh, one pound plug or black twist of tobacco for color. One pound black strap molasses for flavor. One handful red Spanish peppers for spice. Five gallons river water, two rattlesnake heads per barrel. This gives it spirit. Then drop it in a horseshoe. If the, excuse me, then drop in a horseshoe. If the shoe sinks, it ain't ready yet. But when it rises to the surface and floats, the whiskey is ready to drink. So, God, what if it just dissolves? What does that mean? I think it dissolves your intestines. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the name rot gut. <laughs> wow. Yeah. There's a lot more to it than I thought there was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not just moonshine they're drinking. I mean, you gotta, you gotta have something sellable. Hey, this has rattlesnake heads in it, you know. <laughs> sure, that's really appealing. I, yeah, I remember him like, "What do you want?" And he has to order like the most hardcore drink, and he goes, "Rot gut whiskey." Yeah, so that's what he was okay. ordering, or at least one version. That's the old snakehead rot gut recipe, I guess. Yeah, Maybe there's other ones. <laughs> a lot more complicated than I, than I thought ever possible. How much do you twirl stuff? Me, um, not like you, man. You, you're like the twirl guy, the throw hand to hand. I remember this about you. I totally <laughs> forgot that you'd fidgeted with stuff. I mean, if I, you someone gave you a pistol, you'd probably blow your foot off. <laughs> no, I was actually I wasn't even thinking about that. Which, yes, you're right. Because in classes now, like we flip twirling like um, you know, pen board markers or a dice or whatever. And not uh -huh. so much hand to hand these days, but uh, more just like a one hand twirl. And, you know, sometimes I do fling the pin halfway across the room by accident. So okay. <laughs> I was going to say, no, if you've gotten great at it, that's awesome. Haven't broken anything yet. So I'm at least well, I'd that say that. Great. Yeah. Except that as a as as a skill. OK. Kid yesterday, like, <laughs> give me the dice. I'm like, it's not your turn yet. I'm sitting there twirling. the dice. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I'll play with the dice, kid. Go away. <laughs> like, good, good practice on your beanbag. He was just going to throw it at somebody anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um. <laughs> okay. So now we all know the re recipe for rot gut whiskey. And um, it, uh, he asked for it as the actor, but when, he, when, he, uh, when he's in the Old West, it turns into the real thing. He's like, hey, this is real alcohol. It takes See, him a while. Lee Marvin wouldn't have flinched. <laughs> No, he would have diarrhea in his pants like a real man and carried on. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess Jesse James is a scalding television critic. It's this part of it. This part of it just I I feel like it it started great. The idea of a modern Western star. You remember that old George Carlin thing where he basically attacked like cowboy attire where he was like yeah, the closest thing thing these guys the closest any of these guys ever got to a cow was when they stopped to take a leak at an Arby's <laughs> why did they figures but uh no I well yeah the, the cowboy stuff is just I don't know this is I mean, the idea like, of it 
I can tell you what to do. I'm not, I'm not an art guy. I mean, we've already established he's a criminal that got shot by his own gang, but uh, you know, it's just like, I mean, he, you know, he's a cowboy, right. Or an outlaw. Like he can't necessarily know how to make television, but he's taken control anyway. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, some of the Joe Pesci showing up, right. He doesn't know what he's doing, but he's taking control anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It Serling wants us to think that all of these old Western figures or in the afterlife watching modern at the time uh cowboy shows and getting really mad about it so maybe it's like an old nursing home up there there's just nothing to do and your mind just rots but uh your soul he... rots you're in the afterlife yeah true okay their soul rots but yeah when they have jesse james become his agent um so he's his he dresses up like a what would you call that? Um, he looked kind of like Dom Deloise in Blazing Saddles. He did. <laughs> he did look exactly like that. <laughs> and he shows up in a nice car. I mean, who's really taken the, you know, like at least that cheesy old that cheesy TV show they're making turns um Jesse James, and at least he still has him as a gunslinger. But the Twilight Zone. Like Jesse James would be really. I don't think he'd like to see himself dressed like that. He's on a cowboy set. He could be dressed like a cowboy if he wants. (laughs) Right. So why he chose to dress like that, I don't know. We could almost have maybe something the real him come out. Yeah, like the the actual Jesse James come out, and uh, you know, just this could be a bad sitcom. You know, Jesse James has come from the 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 beyond to be this guy's new agent and w- w- wacky hijinks ensue every week i mean they're gonna try that on the twilight zone with cavender is coming that's what was supposed to be a backdoor pilot so is that uh, right okay no the real jesse james what would he do he wouldn't want to be that guy's agent he'd want to recruit him for his gang in the afterlife he'd have to, so he would shoot him first because yeah he'd shoot everybody he'd steal uh, all the rock gut and go sell it yeah yeah so, well, honestly, he'd have no use for this guy, would he? I mean, he doesn't want to deal not. with them city slickers. <laughs> yeah, no, the real Jesse James should show up after they're trying to drive off into the sunset and, uh, you know, just shoot their tires out and everything and steal what's in their pockets. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> probably I, I did find it. I did find it funny when he makes his first request uh, for how it's changed, like Rance is going to get thrown out thrown out the window now and i just i made the note they set up and blocked c92 awfully quickly i mean that would take like an hour to set up right no that's true because <laughs> rance rance mcgrew yeah they're they're gonna he wants them to change what they're doing i guess those people are just so used to rance changing things randomly that they're just ready for anything and to do what he says maybe rance is a producer if he is a producer on this show then he's a little bit more justified. Hmm. Now we don't know that, but let, I think it's better to assume that he is. I, I mean, mean, he's clearly not the director because we have a director on set, right? So, yeah, and they got a stuntman who could just replace him. Yeah, but he, yeah, I did. I definitely found the stuntman stuff pretty funny. Yeah, because he <laughs> hollers for the stuntman as though the stuntman isn't aware that he's about to have to jump in. Like they didn't like plan this ahead of time, which I don't yeah, know, maybe yeah. it's bad fight choreography. So maybe they didn't, you know, it's gotta be funny to people that, you know, back then would could possibly have no idea how those things are done, you know? 
So why not if when you're when you're making a, something goofy, why not go full bore parody or satire? So um what actor now do you think is experiencing this? Um okay. It's, it's Vin Diesel. He's he's done too many Fast and the Furiouses, right? And he is visited by Popcorn Sutton, who is a Popcorn Sutton. He lived from 1946 to 2009. He's a bootlegger. He had you can watch a few documentaries with Popcorn Sutton, and besides his grave is a marker that reads "Popcorn says F you." Oh no, Popcorn said F you. So <laughs> that he comes he comes back from from the grave to you know make Vin Diesel drag race him in space. That's that's the modern version of this. Oh my god. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my dream for, you know, um Jordan Peele missed out. He could have made that episode. So Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I did no, like the Peele series, but that is one mark against that he did not make that episode. Bring it back bring season 3. I'm ready yeah. for it. Yeah, ready. let's do it. Let's do it for sure. It was a Yeah, it was a mistake to cancel that. I mean, they were just kind of feeling things out after that those first after the first season i like well, season two well streaming it doesn't matter if people like the show or not anymore um was it uh, as we're recording this star trek prodigy just got unceremoniously dumped mm-hmm. out of yeah. existence <laughs> like yeah. you can't even stream it anymore even, no yeah so uh you know streaming world is weird so even if i mean i know some people don't like the peel twilight zone that much but a lot of people do enough people like it it's like should have gone a little longer and it did you know um yeah i don't know exactly why but um i do know that uh it it's my favorite iteration outside of these and in some ways i in some of them i prefer um as for this episode in the original iteration are there any other big observations you want to throw on it not really i mean it's unfortunately unlike these uh a lot of the other episodes you and i have talked about um, I think I've sort of exhausted the the extent to which I could have a conversation about it because um, it is just kind of goofy, you know? Yeah, I did write down this quote and I and now I'm like, I cannot remember for my life how this made a different, had, how this had a proper meaning in the show where he says, I'll blow you, Jesse. Huh. Maybe he means I'll blow you away or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that so wasn't, don't threaten that, me with a good time. Because then later they talk about, oh, we're going to make an adult Western, right? So, uh-huh. you know, I think there might be a subtext here. Could be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Questions. Who in this episode went through the Twilight Zone? Oh, God. Well, I want to say Rance McGrew because of well, the opening the narration. Huh? <laughs> It's, well, it's the opening narration, you know, he's the Rod Serling says something about how, um, you know, this, this episode is recorded in the Twilight Zone or something like that. Or, right. No, I, 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 you know, I have to ask the question because I do it every episode, but I feel like this one's a pretty obvious answer because even the director wouldn't have really noticed too many other than the normal shenanigans, you know, Rance zones out for a minute when he returns to the present but i mean maybe he yeah. does that all the time anyway you know <laughs> probably but he's got to now deal with 
this kind of otherworldly character in his life, presumably forever. Yeah, yeah. And an outlaw, a murderous outlaw at that. Racist so. murderous outlaw. <laughs> Just let's not forget the real history is that he was a you know Confederate, not even a Confederate sympathizer, but like a Confederate guerrilla or something. Oh. I don't know what you call it. He was definitely a, yeah, definitely being pursued by, I mean, he was anti-union, a lot of those guys, you know? So, yeah, he's, he's, he doesn't have the most, uh, the most pleasing co-pilot now. So, which does bring us to question two, does he deserve his trip through the twilight zone? Yeah. Why? Why? Because he's a turd. Okay. See, I'm actually coming down on... I'm coming down on the, he doesn't deserve this trip through the twilight zone. Okay. Yeah. No, not this one, but he, he certainly should go somewhere where, you know, reality or alternate reality one, like puts him into. Cause this is taking on a mosquito with an elephant gun sort of thing. Right. He, (laughs) he doesn't need one of history's largest bandits you know now ordering him around i mean like he's a little bit of a prick right he's not the best guy to work with on stage but again he's not running around being like i'm the best cowboy of all time so since we've already established that in a game of pool that you know that guy kind of deserved it because well he deserved it because he was asking for it whereas this guy's not asking for it at all you know he's yeah but he's well i mean he's disrespecting the real outlaws yeah on a on a cheap tv show I mean, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> we must keep it in perspective okay it's not, he's not making like a historical drama here he's he's making schlocky tv where True. yeah you just throw in billy the kid and jesse the james right jesse the james <laughs> quite true so i i actually come down on the he i mean maybe he deserves something he's, he's he is a you know arrogant arrogant little stinker but <laughs> maybe this isn't you know, this is just outlaws uh, being TV critics in a way. So true. <laughs> um, let's tripometer it. Where do you want to put it on the tripometer? Gosh, you know it's funny because I would say that just in concept alone is kind of trippy, and so that would warrant like a maybe a three. But the fact that Jesse James. Turns into let's call it what it is, Dom DeLuise and Blazing Saddles. <laughs> the French mistake. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna give you another half. So I'd <laughs> I'd put yeah, I'd I'd put a what are are we one to ten here? Or one, one to five. five. Yeah, I would I would say it would be upwards of around to three, three and a half. Because that to me just like that's a shock moment. <laughs> it's dumb. But it's a, it's like you're not expecting that. It's a that real is, kind of a snap. That I, I, maybe that's the best like comedic shock moment we've had in the Twilight Zone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I can't think of one where you're just like, "All right, that's well, okay." Buster Keaton arriving in the future wearing a stupid hat, and no pants. That that also ranks up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, maybe maybe that is my top, but this 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 slots in under that. Sure, why not? As yeah. comedic twists. <laughs> okay. Um. Well. Well. Yeah. For oh yeah, I didn't say mine yet. I I I guess I have this thing where like Western just drags down the score for me in general. Um. 
in a world of difference, I, I don't remember what my tripometer rating was, but it was 4.5 or 5. I don't remember. And this one is lacking a lot of the uh, the, the, the real nuance, mind bleepery of that one. So I'm really only thinking like a 2 for this one. Okay. Um, you know, there, no, nothing new under the sun for the twist so much. We've had, you know, unexpected time travel. We've had, you know... Um, bullies from the beyond and, and all of that have shown up before so sure. it's just kind of a remixing of it and it's a western which untripifies it a bit for me so um all right you, you got some info for us you have that i'm looking for info look <laughs> yeah yeah no i i thought i was thinking of a whole other episode okay we'll get to that a whole nother time i guess so yeah but i i i, I agree though i just i think I think I'm trying to give this episode something because I don't really have a whole lot for it. Well, yeah, like I said, you, you've requested them. So here I'm kind of bringing you in for like kind of a pot boiler, or, you know, Twilight Zone episode, right? Hey, but so, I did good, though. Yeah. So, I, I mean, well, yeah, sometimes, I mean, some, sometimes you get the one that you, you know, you get blindsided by one, which is not really this one. But I mean, it's fun to watch, right? Like, you, you don't is. have a bad time watching it or anything, but... Is it gonna like make you go whoa? No, and probably not. Um, except no, for the, I I I think this thing. one, I think this one was more of a case of you know they're they have an idea and something they think would be fun to mess with, but there's not really like a whole episode to be done about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, this, uh, this is Rod by the pool speaking to his dictaphone. I think which I. Okay, sorry, I actually forgot to mention writing credits in the trivia because I was doing them right before we started recording. But um, it's written by Rod Serling based on an idea by Frederick Lewis Fox. So maybe, I, I don't know what that means. I'd like to think they were at dinner and the next day Rod's talking into his dictaphone at the pool, right? And that's maybe. where Showdown with Francis McGrew came from, as opposed to an episode like Equality of Mercy where you see the guy, you know, hunched over his typewriter you know like working this thing to death <laughs> yeah i mean it it has it has a it has a concept and it has a structure but there's just not much to do within that right so that's where it is um but you know that that's part of the fun of that's why part of the reasons that i'm doing the podcast is yeah probably would have never got around to watching showdown with france mcgrew otherwise so gotta yeah, no, it's it's not one I've watched since you've started this show, for certain. Um, let's pull into the gate then. Uh, tell them where you're at. The date is it's the middle of July. If that middle helps you. Okay. Um. So I'm Andrew. Thanks for listening, and thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm enough podcast. I am currently. Um, editing uh, my first book that i've written it's called everybody's e-v-e-r-y-b-o-d-i-e-s and this will be available through amazon that's who i'm going with as the publisher in hardback and paperback form only and um, the release date is december the 1st 2023 what's in the book a bunch of my friends naked mostly okay there we go I let's see you can you gotta get your tagline finished right don't bury the headline. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hear you. You talking to a, a newspaper man, okay? I know all about it. 
As far as this, it's Time Enough Podcast. You can find us under that name on Twitter and Facebook. Um, on Patreon, we're under the umbrella of Podcastio Podcastius, where we talk about really supposedly really good films and supposedly really bad films on the Films and Filth podcast. Currently in the middle of the Flintstones Beaver Rock Vegas. It's yeah. really fun, um, <laughs> yeah. despite its 3.4 or whatever rating. The B-52s uh, are in that, aren't they? No, nah, no, nah, it's the second one. It doesn't, it's it's oh, okay. Mark Addy, not John Goodman. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's, it's on the bad list, dude. Um, we I talk about Disney films that are often pretty good. Uh, I'd have caught Disney, and there's some video game ones like Luke Loves Pokemon, Hyrule Field Report about the Zelda games, and the Game Game Show where gamers game themselves about the games. <laughs> okay, who who are you gonna have a showdown with? You got to showdown somebody. Who are you gonna showdown? Oh my gosh! If I showdown was gonna have with. a showdown with somebody, I'd probably have to have that showdown with whoever it was that wrote the movie Cabin in the Woods. Okay, sure. Yep. I'm and thinking... my in my holster is the movie Waxwork. Ah, okay. I'm I'm thinking one of the. I'll I'll let it be one of the ones that have already passed on, but one of the Bushes, Prescott, Daddy Bush. I mean, obviously, Sonny Bush would make sense, but he's still alive. You have to have it with one from the Great Beyond, I think. So, even though oh, is that right? A showdown with someone from the Great Beyond? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I should add it. Should, it should be someone from the Great Beyond. I think that way you're not threatening anybody. Unless oh, you're gosh. Luke, he'll come on the podcast and just scream out Jeff Bezos. So <laughs> <laughs> Luke will not be buying my book. Uh, actually, the Amazon doesn't make anything off of the sales from it. I, I take everything, copyright everything. Okay. Uh, from Beyond the Grave, who just who died recently, and that everybody was like, "Good." One of these religious guys. Oh yeah, so, was it Pat Robertson? I guess. I think it might have been. I I yeah. don't care enough to check, but yeah, I think fish in a barrel. But still, yeah, yeah we'll yeah, do yeah. shit down with him. Absolutely, yeah. a, a beatbox contest. That'd be, yeah, sure, that'd be fun. Yeah, you'd win that easily. <laughs> yes, I would, and thank you for knowing that. Just said James. Billy the Kid Nobody knows If they did what they did Just said James And Billy the Kid Nobody knows The how and the why One day you live the next day you die One day you live The next day you die Both 
were shot from behind Betrayed in their homes That both hope to find Betrayed in their homes That both hope to find Nobody knows The how and the why One day you live The next day you die One day you live The next day you die Jesse James And Billy the Kid Nobody knows If they did what they did Jesse James And Billy the Kid